0: Well, there has been a cabinet shuffle. You know, as a matter of fact, I was just musing aloud that uh, I have something in common with Justin Trudeau. I'm upgrading some cabinets at my home as well. And so, <laughs> uh, well, there's that in the hide-a-tattoo. But nonetheless, uh, anyway, I'm going to talk later in the show about tattoos. There's a company here in Toronto, by the way, that just does tattoos that disappear in like 8 to 18 days. Now, is that a brilliant idea or is that kind of like the down market tattoo thing uh that really you don't have any street cred if you're wearing one of those but we'll we'll discuss right now just wanted to tell you about the cabinetry that i'm replacing in the house and uh the guys at 310 rental are doing the work the beautiful work i mean it's yet to be done because we're doing it in phases as you know all the trades get coordinated and you bring in the electrical before you actually do the tiling to do it the other way uh, would cause quite a mess and be expensive and prob- prob- probably rather improper. But the guys, they've got it all coordinated, and I have the absolute utmost trust in their professionalism as I see them work very, very closely on a daily basis. 310 Reno, doing beautiful work and very professional. Not the cheapest, certainly, uh, but they do everything according to code, and that's why you can trust this renovator, because I do. Speak to Charles or Mike, 310 Reno. That's 310 no area code required. Let's get to Lisa Rate because this is something else. The cabinet that was shuffled earlier today, uh, much ballyhooed in certain quarters, there uh, are some interesting appointments. Bill Blair, I guess, would be one of them. Former chief police in Toronto is now in charge of border security and uh, amongst other responsibilities. But Lisa is the deputy leader of the opposition and a friend of The Oakley Show. Lisa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Well, all this cabinet shufflery and so, and so on, any appointments that stand out to you, including Blair's?
1: Oh, yeah. Blair's has to be one of the ones that stands out the most because he's taking pieces of three different portfolios. They're trying to amalgamate it together, but I honestly think that the Prime Minister just did this to aggravate the province of Ontario. I think that putting Bill Blair in as the point person for immigration, the point person for cannabis, Roll out because he still has that and the point person for border crossing. That's just a recipe for disaster.
0: All right. Well, all right. So he's doing it. Trudeau is to aggravate Ontario. Uh, how is that going to aggravate Ontario?
1: Well, if you saw what happened last week, um, Minister McLeod told the Minister of Immigration, Minister Hussein, that there was no way that Ontario was going to be able to flip the bill for all of this illegal border crossing. Mm-hmm. And it became quite heated. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the Prime Minister decides, yes, it is a problem, and he's going to appoint Bill Blair to be the person in charge who's going to deal with everybody about these illegal border crossings. And as you know, John, there's a history there between the Premier and Bill Blair that goes back to times in Toronto. And I just I think that, um, I think knowing that there was already heated exchanges on the topic, it's a serious issue that why would you put somebody who already has a history of, of um, not great relationships? in such a place, if you're trying to smooth the waters, you definitely wouldn't put a guy like Bill
0: Blair in charge. Wow, so Justin is being prickly, petulant, and petty. Well,
1: I think he's picking a fight. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, is he? Okay. But you know what's I interesting? Uh, up until recently, he's denied there's been any issue at the border, and uh, now he's got a guy in charge of that file, uh, Minister of Border Security. So obviously, uh, that's a de facto recognition that there's an issue. The other thing yeah. is, Blair, uh, he finally gets the call to the front benches as a cabinet minister, and yeah. uh, I guess, you know, he's been waiting waiting for uh, the last three and a half years or so. And with the election coming up in 2019, is this also trying to establish a bulwark in Scarborough, where he's from? You've got Mary Ng from Markham. Uh, she's been named Minister for Small Business and Export Promotion. Uh, Philomena Tassie from Hamilton. They may uh, It's telegraphing, is it not, that they feel maybe there's vulnerability in the 905?
1: 100%. These new Cabinet positions are a mapping exactly where Doug Ford found success in the provincial election. So Scarborough ended up going conservative. Philomena Tassi out in Alberta, uh, Alberta, out in Hamilton, ended up uh, either being NDP or conservative in terms of how they voted out there. Same thing in Richmond Hill area. I mean, the conservatives, the progressive conservatives pretty much owned all of the 905 and a lot of the 416. So I think they're definitely on purpose appointing three new cabinet ministers in that area in order to ensure that there is some kind of presence in
0: the GTA. Again, with Lisa Raitt, the deputy leader of the opposition on these new cabinet appointments, or the shuffle anyway from Justin Trudeau, Jim Carr, he goes from natural resources to international trade diversification. The key word, diversification. Diversification is our strength. Uh, It signals signals what? That uh, maybe if the deal falls through with the Americans, we need other markets to make it happen.
1: Which is always true, and that's why our government wanted to get into negotiating the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the the Comprehensive European Free Trade Agreement. Uh, But what I think that this isn't to be looked at by Jim Carr going to international trade. I think this is a case of francois Philippe Champagne being moved out of international trade. And for a couple of reasons, Um, he was part of those... Pretty much failed international trips that uh, Pr- um, Prime Minister Harper, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was involved with, mm. and the um, he didn't get any deals signed at the end of the day. So he was he was not successful. And why I say it's more of of Minister Champagne moving out is if you want a guy who has experience in dealing in Asia. You know, he actually dealt in Asia for 10 years at least. He was uh, in private business over there. He understands the system. He understands the players. And yet we're going to lose that experience in a very, you know, important file right now for somebody who has to come in and learn it.
0: All right. There's also Dominic LeBlanc, one of his key lieutenants from Fisheries and Oceans to Intergovernmental Affairs. Uh, Is this another one spoiling for a fight or anticipating one?
1: One hundred percent. And what is interesting is, um, you know, the former Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs basically has been demoted, and ironically that was Justin Trudeau. He appointed himself as the Intergovernmental Affairs Minister in 2015, and I guess now that it's going to be a little bit more heated, he's decided he's going to give it over to Dominic LeBlanc, who is known as being very partisan, very political, um, strong backbone, and not afraid to throw a punch or take one. So, you know, when they first got elected in 2015, I'd like to remind people that it was Dominic LeBlanc who wrote a very assertive letter to all of the crown corporations telling them to either fire their directors or fire their CEOs if they were appointed by a conservative government. And that's you know that takes a lot of guts to do that kind of thing and interfere in interfering governance didn't happen in a lot of cases but certainly he is not uncomfortable with uh, being the bad cop in a situation so I guess they're anticipating that with the change in all the provincial governments it's no longer sunny ways it's it's more along the lines of uh, of picking fights.
0: All right. Well, he's going to have one when it comes to this carbon tax that he's hoping to have implemented across the country by 2019. And tomorrow you've got in St. Andrews, New Brunswick, all the premiers meeting, many of whom have already, and Doug Ford, first and foremost, uh, you've got Scott Moe out there in Saskatchewan. A number of liberal premiers are even vacillating and saying they may not Uh, subscribe to a carbon tax and this could go to uh, various levels of courts in the country Uh, I guess it's before the appeal court out there in Saskatchewan so if you've got uh, is this Dominic LeBlanc's file the intergovernmental affairs or how do you see this one squaring up
1: going to be interesting I mean I saw a picture this morning of Minister McKenna meeting with Minister Rod Phillips from Ontario and you know you'd love to know what the actual conversation was because they're looking at each other very seriously and and both are asserting that on one case there's going to be a carbon tax and on the other side there's no way Ontario is going to implement a carbon tax so this is not something that's going to be taken lightly and I think Minister LeBlanc is going to be playing a role in it for sure but Minister McKenna is going to be part of it Jody wilson is going to be part of it from the justice side. Caroline Maroney will be part of it. There's going to be a lot of people involved in this uh, this discussion. But, you know, Premier Ford has a mandate from the people. It's very clear, no carbon tax. So that's just the way it's going to roll here in Ontario.
0: And maybe Alberta by next spring as well, if Jason Kenney wins. And uh, it looks like it with by-election victories recently. uh, He's got the momentum. Natural resources, uh, that's something, you know, plays big in Western Canada. I mean, are the Liberals pretty much dead on arrival now out west? Oh, it's
1: it's yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you take a look at what just happened in the provincial elections out in Alberta, I mean, people are getting 85 percent of the vote on the conservative vote. And it's because they know that they've been abandoned by both that provincial government and this federal government, the liberal government. So they put Minister Sohi, who as Minister of Infrastructure, never got anything built and was chastised. For, by the uh, parliamentary budget officer for not having a plan for infrastructure in the country, even though he had this massive budget. Now, he's in charge of the most important, um, I would say, single infrastructure project in, uh, in the West, and that is the building of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. And if he can't get it done in other parts of the file, how is he going to get it done with so much difficulties that we're seeing from opposing forces in Alberta? He's, gotta, he's got something big he's got to deal
0: with. Oh yeah, well, there's a lot on the uh, plate. Note: When's the house back? By the way,
1: the house is back in the second week of September.
0: Okay, and October 17th is when uh, the marijuana is legalized.
1: Yeah, and again, as I said, Bill Blair has a massive job. He's got border security, he's got gangs and guns, and he's got the rollout of cannabis. All of these things are incredibly important to the functioning of Toronto, functioning of the GTA. It's the number one questions I'm getting as a member of parliament in Milton, and he um, I don't know if he has the resources. I don't know if they're able to even figure out what the bureaucratic structure is going to be. It just seems to be that this is all a show for Justin Trudeau to be able to say he's doing something, and there's no intention to get anything done.
0: All right. Uh, We're going to see how it plays out. Uh, We'll stay on top of it (laughs) as the rollout begins. Lisa, it's always a pleasure to have you here on The Oakley Show.
1: Same here. Thank you very much, John.
0: You have a good afternoon. You as well. Lisa Wright, Deputy Leader of the Opposition. I guess, you know, uh, whatever else you might make of these appointments, uh, we can always take heart. Adam Vaughn is still not a minister of anything, so... uh... Anyway, I always found it kind of interesting to watch him there. You know, he's kind of got that perennial scowl on his face as the Prime Minister stands up in question, period. Uh, I wonder if he laments leaving City Hall. Well, no, because they get a pension there, the fully indexed thing, after six six years minimum, two terms. And uh, he's off to the races if he repeats in the election in 2019.